Welcome to Married by Design. Do you live in fear and anxiety because of the challenges of 2020? Do you find your mind troubled by a feeling that things are out of control? That's what we're going to be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome back to Married by Design. We're covering the new series entitled Us Versus 2020. With everything going on this year, we're looking at how a husband and wife can help each other during this time of of great challenges. In the last episode, we began to look at the idea of building our faith to overcome fear. This is significant right now because so many people are captivated by fear and worry about present dangers around us and the future of our country and our own lives. Your relationship with your spouse should be one in which you are encouraging each other and reminding each other of the greatness and faithfulness of God. We need to have those pictures of God's greatness fixed in our mind, and we have a spouse to remind us of these things and to encourage us when we're struggling in our faith. Do not fear. It was a command for Joshua and for the disciples. It's a command for us, and there are a lot of reasons not to fear. Do not fear. I started looking up all the places in the Bible where this phrase appears, and I ran out of time. The Lord knew our tendency to be fearful when facing the unknown or any type of opposition, so he repeatedly commanded, Do not fear. This has been a year of the unexpected and unknown. We have a new virus circling the globe that is breeding conflict, uncertainty, and fear. With the virus has come economic turmoil that has created yet more uncertainty and fear. Added to that has been levels of protest and demonstration that we haven't seen in this country for decades. It has led to more conflict, more uncertainty, and yes, more fear. We also have political tension and uncertainties. That, too, is creating yet more conflict, uncertainty, and fear. Yet the Bible tells us to not be afraid. What is the basis of this command to fear not? What reasons are there that we can move through life and all its challenges with confidence, no matter what the circumstances? The reason to not be afraid is based on who God is. As the psalmist says, the Lord is for me, so I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. That's out of Psalm 118, verse 6. It is the Almighty God who is for us. Here are just a few of his attributes or qualities that we need to focus on so that we can live with courage and faith in these times. He is the creator of the universe in Acts 17, 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is the sovereign God, from Daniel 4.35. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none shall stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? He is gracious and compassionate in Psalm 116, verse 5. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. He is merciful, slow to anger, and forgiving. From Psalm 103, verses 8 to 10. 
The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. And he is a refuge and a shelter to those who trust him. That's a treasure. In Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. And he keeps his promises and waits patiently for sinners to repent. From 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And he is a God who formed you in your in your mother's womb and determined all the details of your life. For in Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14, For you form my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And Romans eight thirty one and 32 sums it all up. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? You know, and all that truth is there in the Bible to help us to be at rest and to not live in fear and turmoil. The Christian in the 21st century, if he's not careful, will be bound by what he sees around him and develop a deadening and draining pessimism. The realistic view of our society and the events that are assaulting our minds lead an individual down a path to a dark, dingy cavern of pessimism and unbelief. The ideas and events of the day, once meditated on and continually consumed, cause the falling of the man or woman of supposed faith. It is supposed faith because Though he claims to be a man of faith, he is so influenced by what he sees that the unseen and unrealized hopes that he should treasure appear to be out of reach. And now it's time for our 15-second shameless plug. With the challenges of the year, it has become apparent that poverty and death have increased around the world. We want to encourage you to respond to that need. Many around the world have lost the ability to meet the basic needs of food and shelter for their families, and many are suffering and dying, literally. We want to encourage you to check out organizations that, and get more information and see the opportunities for you to help those suffering extreme hardship because of the current crisis. We would suggest Compassion International and Samaritan's Purse as two trustworthy gospel organizations that are responding to the physical and spiritual needs. Compassion International has indicated that they have about 250,000 children that are without sponsors right now. What an incredible opportunity. We encourage you to pray about supporting them financially to care for so many around the world that are suffering. Back to our show... The Christian is like the pastor who asked an actor why the actor had large crowds while the pastor had so few. Why is it that you draw large crowds and I have no audience at all? Your words are sheer fiction and mine are unchangeable truth. 
The actor's reply was very telling. I present my fiction as if it were truth. You present your truth as though it were fiction. Could it be that the Christian today doesn't really believe the truth about the great and amazing God in whom he claims to believe? Wow, and the Israelites, despite seeing the incredible miracles, did not actually hold to the truth that they claimed to believe. They began to doubt because they didn't see set God's work in the center of their minds. They forgot to sing Moses' song and, and keep the reminders given in the festivals. Doubt, grumbling, fear took over and led to the failure. Does that sound familiar? That generation died in the wilderness and did not enter the promised land because they did not believe in a big God and did not trust him. That's what it talks about Hebrews chapter 3. Don't miss that. The Christian today also faces the danger of missing out on the blessing of seeing God's incredible work. Failing to believe that God is still alive and able to do incredible things, the Christian may find himself missing out on a great blessing as that generation did. The Lord presented the same truth to the next generation of Israel 40 years later. They were told of his greatness and the need to constantly meditate on that truth to strengthen their faith. He called them to have a great expectation and anticipation of what he would do. In Deuteronomy 31:6, the Lord said to the Israelites before they went to conquer the promised land, "Be strong and courageous." Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And what a bold faith-building statement that the Israelites to rely on. This is repeated in Joshua 1. It says there, Be strong and courageous, for I will cause his people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. The Lord points out in verse 8 that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to what is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He even detailed the territory that they would conquer and that he would give them the victory. The Lord again wanted to fill the Israelites with a great faith and a confidence in Him as their focus rather than the challenges around them. He called them to meditate on the Word day and night so that they would be successful. This is the building of faith, the regular feeding of the mind and heart on the unseen reality that God is near and He is their help. David sang those same songs in the Psalms when he repeatedly described God as a refuge and a strength and a deliverer. The stories throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament likewise reveal a God who is all-powerful and active. Those stories should have the effect of making the Christian bold and confident and optimistic. You know, here's a great example. Every child is relaxed and at ease in the backseat of the car that his parents are driving. The child knows that his parents are faithful, and as a result... The child does not live in fear. The Christian should have the same rest and confidence. He should know that his father is in control of his life and orders all things for good. He should say, as someone once said, I know the captain of my ship. 
Despite the circumstances and difficulties, he should have a carefree, childlike optimism. This is what David expressed in Psalm 27, and it was at a time when he was being pursued and persecuted by King Saul. He believed in an unseen God that protected him and lived with an expectation of his work around him. David wrote, and he sang, I know that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is faith. It's a simple childlike trust in a loving, good God despite the circumstances. It's an optimism about the present and the future because those things are in the hand of the Lord. It is the ability to rest and live without fear because our Heavenly Father provides for us as He does for the flowers and the birds. You can read about that in Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. In that passage, Jesus instills His followers with an understanding of who the Father is that allows them to rest and know that they will be provided for. This is also what Paul talks about in Philippians 4 when he deals with not being anxious. Note in that passage that it's a command. It's interesting at the end of verse 5 that Paul indicates the Lord is at hand. That's only the first part of the sentence. He goes on, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A command is something you do, not something you feel. When I understand that God is present, I can take my concerns to Him, to God who is faithful and in control. There is the promise that the peace of God will guard your hearts and mind. What a wonderful promise that you have have based on the knowledge that we can lay anything before His feet, and He will take care of it for us. When we remember who our great God is and what he's done and how great is his love for us, we are able to respond in faith and hope when circumstances threaten to overwhelm us. What we set our minds on is important, what we focus on. When we spend time in the Word and with God, uh, the God of creation, we can hold on to the truth of who he is. When we allow the hype of the media and politics to be the main input in our thinking, we will be more likely to become fearful and anxious. Think about the story of Peter in the Gospels where he is walking on the water. He's doing good walking to Jesus, but then he sees the waves and the storm. As soon as he moves his focus from Jesus to the waves and the storm, what happens? He starts to sink. So we need to choose carefully what input you allow in your mind and your home. Remember, God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We need to have an unfaltering faith in the Lord despite what we see or even experience. A faith that is strong enough that we don't know how it will turn out and have no guarantees that everything will turn out the way we want. Sometimes people ask, how can I pray and believe when it's possible my prayer will not be answered? The answer is in the story of three faith-filled men facing a fiery furnace in Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were facing the fiery furnace because they would not worship a false idol. There is great faith that rejects the false gods and idols of the day. But look at the faith they expressed when facing the fiery furnace. 
They said, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. That's verse 17. It's amazing that in a completely hopeless situation, with their immediate death right before them, they have a bold, confident trust in the Lord. You are not facing a fiery furnace or even imminent death. Can you follow their example of bold faith and trust the Lord with the things that you do face? But go on. Notice that even with that bold statement of faith in God's deliverance, they are not troubled by the alternative of death. They said, going on, But even if he doesn't, if God doesn't, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. That's verse 18. Here's the application. We need to hold firmly in faith to a confident rest and trust in the Lord. That should govern our hearts and our minds. But we also must accept the fact that he is all wise and he may not deliver. The focus is on faith, but still not letting go of the idea that he will do what's best for his purposes. That's trusting him. The world around us is in desperate need of deliverance. God is placing faith-filled, expectant Christians throughout our land to live out the reality of God's existence and the confidence in his answers to man's questions. It is for the Christian to fill his mind with the power and promises of God. He is to sing the songs of victory until the shadows of doubt and the ruthless distrust of his loving hand are driven out just as the money changers were driven out of the temple. Then the Christian can walk through each day with a vibrant, God-filled view of the world and enter every situation, relationship, and challenge with a joyful, expectant optimism. Wow, to have that joyful, expectant optimism. So... Your homework, should you choose to accept it, is to work with your spouse and discuss the following. We want you to write out a list of the things that are causing fear and anxiety in your life. And once you have that list, look at the attributes of God and the truth from the Word that dispels those specific fears and addresses issues that are causing you to be fearful. On the list, write an attribute or biblical truth next to each fear you listed and review this each morning as you prepare for the day and, very importantly, come back to that list when those fears sprout up in your mind. Learning to counter your fears with the trustworthiness of God and His Word is a powerful weapon against the enemy and the evils and the challenges of this world. Well, let me pray. Father, I just thank you for the truth of your Word as it relates to fear. I pray that you would help us and help each believer to live a life that is so focused on you and your greatness and your deliverance that we can go through this life with the challenges with an optimism and a, and a trust and a rest, knowing that you're in control of our lives, looking for the things that you're going to do. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, thank you for joining us uh, We want to encourage you to let others know about the podcast. Um, Send a a link to somebody on Facebook or text it to somebody. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com. Well, that's it for now. We look forward to our next episode on Married by Design. 